So, hey, well, let's get started with our question. Uh, we like to start with just a fun, random question, and it is my turn to ask Bradley uh, a question this week. I okay? am ready to go. All right, and Brad, you have been struggling with your hearing a little <laughs> bit lately, okay? <laughs> I have not been struggling with it. Other people have been struggling with it. With you not with, being able to hear with them? With me saying, huh? huh, all the time. Yes. What? Well, this huh? is not a question about hearing. It is huh? a question about sight. But I just wanted to make fun <laughs> of you for your hearing. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, how many colors have been can saying the human that I, eye see? I really, I really don't, don't want to hear anybody. Did you not hear that question either? Yeah. How many colors? How many colors can the human can eye I, see? I'm stalling. How many colors? Like the bathroom. <laughs> can the... <laughs> Can the human if eye If you know the answer to the question, see. type it in the chat. How many colors can the human, high, human eye see? This includes shades, different variations of colors, and it is a lot more than you think. Really? Yes. Thank you for that little hint. Well, I was hoping you weren't going to guess like 10. <laughs> I, you know, that actually crossed my mind because I wondered if it was a trick question. <laughs> it was a trick question. Yes. It's like Roy G. Biv only, red, orange, yellow. Exactly. Yeah, it's not. Okay. I'm going to say... 6,452. Not even close. Not even close. Add a zero. Really? Six yeah. figures? Yeah. <laughs> you just guessed us. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Isn't, so you said 6,000? 6, 6,000. But yeah. six figures is like 600,000. Okay, but if you add a zero, then it's 60,000. Oh, it's not six figures. <laughs> it's uh, only five figures. Oh, boy. No, this is like four figures. It's R like. what? Okay, what is it? It's it's seven million. Seriously? Yeah. Can you imagine a Crayola box with seven million crayons? I never would have ever thought of that. Yeah. But that's what Wikipedia says, so we're going with it. Hey, Nicole guessed 645. 645. She was farther off than I was. Yes, she was. Yeah. My name is Brad Maddox, and I am the outreach pastor here at Crossbridge Community Church. And to my immediate right is my good friend Jordan Chitwood, who is a young adults pastor at Crossbridge. What's your immediate right? Like, what if it's a like a like a, a pausable right? Because you are directly 90 degrees from me because of the table. 90 degrees. Isn't I it? I feel like that's not yeah, accurate. Yeah, 90 90 degrees. Yeah, so you put that's your true. right foot in. Hey, well, Left anyway. Right? Yes, there. I'm that is 90, <laughs> you are 90 degrees. Oh, man. So there you go. Oh, boy. Yeah, we are something else. But, hey, thank you so much for <laughs> tuning in tonight. Uh, we've been looking forward to tonight because we're going to be talking about something uh, that really has kind of just been a growing trend, growing issue um, really just all across the world. Yes. But it, it's something that we wanted to talk about because we are noticing more pastors, more lay people, individuals in the church struggling with it as well. And that's right. mental illness. Right. Okay. And so we're going to be just talking a little bit about mental illness. And um, this is something that I have struggled a lot with. Sure. And this is something Bradley has not struggled a lot with in the same way. Correct. If I, you wanted to share anything about that or what No, I, it's, as we were preparing for this and talking about this, this is one of those subjects that the church um, really does not know how to talk about or what to, what to do with. Yeah. And especially those, as, as we were talking earlier, um, in my generation. Hmm. And, and, I, and I don't know if it was because um, it wasn't as prevalent or we just refused to talk about it. Or because if you if you would admit that you had some kind of mental illness or what was happening in your life, you had depression, um, anxiety, whatever it is, then you were considered weak and, and yeah. you know you just couldn't do that. It's kind of like you know don't cry. Yeah. And and so I don't know if, if that's part of it in our generation or if there's just something happening in in like what we talked about your generation that yeah. it's just it's more prevalent for some reason. Yeah. And 
we don't know how to handle it. Yeah. You know, us boomers and, and older generations don't know how to handle um, this. And, and I think we've actually done more damage because of that. Mm. And I want I'm, I'm we're going to get to some of that of, of how we should handle that later yeah. on. But I think for those of us um, who have not really had an issue with maybe some mental illness or or been around it a lot, we have a tendency to just think, well, just get over it. Yeah. You know, and we're going to talk about that. So yeah. uh, I think it's a, a pertinent discussion, not only for those who are struggling with some mental illness, but those of us who um, maybe don't struggle with it, but don't know how to handle or act or come alongside someone yeah. who does struggle with this. Absolutely. And that's our goal tonight is whether or not you are struggling with mental illness, and we're going to define what we mean by that in a, in a little bit, but whether you or, you know, we guarantee you probably know somebody Absolutely. Uh, that is struggling with it um, or battling every single day with it. And so we just want to share a few statistics with you to kind of get this conversation going uh, because we do believe there is a stigma in the church, the universal church of mental illness, whether it's anxiety, depression, thoughts of suicide, uh, bipolar disorder, et cetera. You can just keep naming the list. We do think that there is a stigma, and so we want to talk about it. And uh, so just some statistics uh, that – um, a few different sources. The first is from the Mental Health First Aid of America. And in the United States in 2019, almost half, 46.4% of adults uh, battle a mental illness. Yeah. Which is just crazy. So one in two people battle a mental illness um, or experience mental illness during their lifetime. In addition, the American Psychological Association found the percentage of people dealing with suicidal thoughts increased by 47% from 2008 to 2017. And today, um, after I had just read these notes, I was actually skimming Facebook, and I saw a statistic um, that was saying that teenagers Mm -hmm. from 2007 to 2017 was 57%. Yeah. Which is uh, just frightening, crazy, frightening. Yeah, and, and and those statistics, like I said, from from 2008 to 2017, for teenagers, it's increased almost 57 percent in the last decade. And so, if you were someone doing the math, imagine what the next 10 years could look like. Exactly, it's just crazy. It's terrifying, and it's something that we want to talk about. And the last statistic we wanted to talk about, it, it's really not just a statistic. It's kind of what our generations are known for struggling with. Right. Uh, millennials are kind of labeled as the anxious generation. Um, <laughs> this is, I struggle a lot with anxiety. Most millennials struggle a lot with anxiety. I was looking at statistics anywhere from, uh, you know, uh, 56 to 75% of millennials say that they struggle with anxiety at some point in their life. Right. A- and then with your generation, with the baby boomers, um, just, just dealing with that, it's more so leaning towards depression. Depression. Yeah. Yes. Depression, and for a couple of reasons, maybe that you want to hit on a little bit, um, one, because of loneliness as they get older in life, their friends, family members. Are you saying I'm lonely? No, you have me. (laughs) That's true. I'm just saying you're old. (laughs) I I surround myself with millennials. That's what I do. Uh, Loneliness, but then I think also the shift in generations, especially from from boomers to millennials, has been so drastic of a shift in how culture has changed. And I think that's the thing that that really throws, uh, again, those of us in, in my generation is because you think, how did it become so rampant? Yeah. And and I, I, don't, I don't have an answer for that. Yeah, I think, it, as I've been researching and stuff, I think a big part of mental illness, and uh, let me just quickly define this, actually, right. so that we know what we're talking about. Uh, mental illness, there's, a, there's not a, 
a set definition, but uh, mental health first aid defines mental illness, just refers to a wide range of mental health conditions such as disorders that affect your mood, thinking, and behavior. Examples of mental illness are anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, uh, uh, thoughts of suicide, schizophrenia, eating disorders, addictive be uh, behaviors, uh, thoughts of worthlessness. So really it's basically when your your mind is battling something. Right. And, and the first the one of the first disorders that, that mental illness disorders that really came about in in one of our generations was the eating disorders oh really anorexia i mean mm. that was very big um bulimia things like that was the mm. ones that that i can recall yeah. really first coming on the scene and thinking oh wow you know i hadn't really heard of that before and so, yeah, it's part of it. Yeah, well, this is part of why we really want to talk about this tonight. And kind of how we're going to set this up is Brad's going to just be asking me a few questions. And, and uh, it'll be kind of interview-based because I'm someone that has been diagnosed with anxiety disorder, struggles a lot with depression, um, sometimes thoughts of worthlessness. My brain's really crazy. But <laughs> uh, this is also why. There is a movie that just came out called Joker. Have you heard of it? You know, I have heard of it, and I've seen reviews and things like that on it. Yeah. And and I heard I I've seen a lot of people talking about. It. I honestly know nothing about it. Yeah. Well, Joker is based off of the, the DC Batman villain, jo the Joker. Right. Okay? Um, it's it's actually done very well in the theaters, but it's it's more so based on how he came to be the Joker mm -hmm. and his mental illness. And the things he struggled with. Okay. And so it's a darker look at the life of the human behind the villain. Right. And a big reason why I haven't gone and seen the movie is just because of the triggers of mental illness that there is with it. Right. But there's a quote in the film that kind of I just want to transition us into our conversation tonight. A quote in the film that I thought was really powerful where the, the individual jo Joaquin Phoenix that plays the Joker, he says um, something like the biggest issue surrounding mental illness is that individuals... Um, at, uh, act like or encourage those with mental illness to behave as if they don't have it. Mm. And I think that's just so powerful is there is, since there is such a stigma around mental illness, a lot of times our natural response is, well, just don't be worried. Right. Or just don't be sad. Right. Or just, well, you're not fat. You're not. You know, of and, course not. And for those of us who don't struggle with that, it, it just doesn't compute that someone could actually be feeling that yeah. way. Exactly. When there's no reality behind it whatsoever. Exactly. You know, and yeah. so so it just doesn't compute. Yeah. If if you're not struggling with that. Well, and it's so much easier for us on the outside looking in to say, like, to look at the rationality of things. Right. Often with mental illnesses, whether it's anxiety, specifically anxiety, anxiety or depression, um, those are situations where it is so good to have a third party walking with you in the midst of all of that because they're able to look on the outside looking and say, yeah, this isn't rational thinking. Right. But some of the other disorders such as an eating disorder or bipolar disorder or schizophrenia where uh, it is so difficult, especially with bipolar and schizophrenia, medication is often right. suggested. Um, it is so difficult for us to see the rationale because of what our brain is struggling with. Right. So, yeah, so, well, hey, let's just dive in. We're going to have an honest conversation about this. <laughs> so, and you've already mentioned this a little bit, but um, just just talk, and you've preached about this and, and actually done a spoken word on this, and, and I would go to our YouTube site and, and watch that because it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, one of the best videos we've ever done. Mm. Uh, and, and it rang so true to people. How many, yeah. That, that video, I mean, went basically pretty much viral. 
Did it not? Uh, for Crossbridge, yes. For Crossbridge, well, not not according <laughs> yeah. to, but I mean yeah. for us, for yes. what we're yeah, doing, for what we were doing, and, and we were getting so many people talk about yeah. how powerful that was, which which shows us there's a lot of other people struggling with a lot of things like that. So just talk just briefly. You know, you don't have to get into a lot of detail of of some of that that you've dealt with. Yeah, I'll just speak on the anxiety part. Um, about around December, I remember preaching on here on stage and preaching on the sermon of the broken nets where Jesus calls his first disciples and he goes, Peter says, leave your nets behind. Okay. And come follow me. I remember giving this for me was a powerful sermon. I, it was probably still one of my favorite sermons I ever gave. I then go home and Marissa and I, we take a nap. I can't sleep because my brain is all over the place. And I remember in the moment, like it, it was my first panic attack. I started having compulsions, couldn't breathe. I started crying. Like, it was just insane. I was so anxious and terrified about who knows what. And I just remember shaking Marissa awake and needing someone to comfort me because I was battling anxiety. Mm -hmm. And that's when I actually ended up writing Breastplate of Anxiety. So the spoken word that you had referenced, I I remember texting Trevor, a youth pastor, and then uh, one of our young adults, Ryan Volkert, I said, hey, can you help me put together this video? And I want to preach on this sometime. Well, anxiety for the last, for then the next like four months, I started having panic attacks, struggling with the fear of loss, struggling with um, fear of control or or wanting to control everything and refusing to let go. And it it just consumed my life. Right. Um, I was trying four or five (coughs) different medications. Nothing seemed to work. I'd been to counseling and was helping me process some of this stuff, but then I would, you know, still invest in my spiritual life and find myself just broken still. And it was a constant battle all the way up until about April um, when I did end up finding a medication that helped. And I started to be more intentional on how I was living outside of just, you know, um, my prayer life or my counseling life. I started being more intentional on what I was eating, exercising, making sure I was doing things I love. And battling my anxiety and mental illness really in general just head on. Right. And so that's kind of just been my struggle with that the last year. And when you talk about your spiritual life, um, what's been kind of the, the go- you have a verse that you kind of go to, what's your go-to of, because here's what I appreciate as, as, as you've been so honest with this, um, which a lot of people would not want to do and, yeah. and publicly say, hey, this is what I deal with. This is what I'm battling. Yeah. And. Uh, we even had a conversation last week about some of the anxiety you had, and you said, you know, I realize, I know in my head that 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 this, I shouldn't be feeling this way, that yeah. that it's not real, yeah, but it's still there. Yep. And so, what's your go-to of of trying to to get yourself out of that mode? Yeah, and, and it's so <laughs> important that you are able to recognize that the thoughts or the feelings that you are experiencing are not real and do not have power over you. That you don't give right okay a lot of times especially with anxiety it feels like i'm just being consumed by my anxiety and that there literally is something taking control or power over me and anxiety and depression specifically only have power that we give it right okay um the verse that i go to philippians 4 6 paul's writing to the church in philippi that says do not be anxious about anything but in every situation through prayer and petition with thanksgiving uh give your concerns to god 
And that's just a powerful one for me because as we're going to be talking about just some next steps that we can take in a little bit, Paul provides you with, first he gives you the command, do not be anxious. And if you just stopped there, you want to <laughs> say, thanks, Paul. Yeah, exactly. Like, like that's one of the because things. Because that's talking. what we tell you. you exactly. Know? Yeah, hey, just, yeah. just stop. You know, don't feel that way. Yeah, but it's even so naturally, like even when Marissa, when my wife is struggling with some of these things, I mean it in a good way, and sometimes I slip and say, hey, just don't be sad. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just don't be. like you're, Because I mean it in a good way. Like, it's so pure. Like, you're so great. Like, why could you feel this and way? That's, and that's, that is something, because I think there are times that we may say s- something that actually hurts somebody, you know, yeah. and we want to a- avoid that. But I, I, I also hope that people who deal with depression and anxiety understand that for those of us who, who s- may say something that, that seems um, hurtful, mm-hmm. it's it's – uh, most times it is not intentional. It's yeah. just that we're stupid. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. Yeah, but we're just dumb. Well, and it's the same thing with suffering. Nobody ever knows the right things to say when someone is going through some suffering. Exactly. You know, and, and, and even at funerals and things, I, and I, I can't remember where I heard this at one time, but, but um, I heard someone say, you know, instead of saying something, a touch on the shoulder, an embrace mm. or something, and just that's keep good. your mouth shut because yeah, I good. am one that, that is going to say something stupid. <laughs> and so I do. I, you know, just let them know that you, you yeah. are genuinely – and you by facial expression things. Yeah. So don't say good. something dumb. <laughs> just let them know that you are there. That's good, yeah. And, and, and we cannot underestimate or overestimate. I'm not sure one of the words. <laughs> we cannot stress enough how important it is, whether you're battling suffering, whether you're battling a mental illness – whether you're going through a trial or tribulation, how important it is to have people walking with you in the midst of it. Yeah, and that, that was going to be my next question is for you is, is there's like you said, one in two people yeah. deal with some kind of mental illness. If you're not dealing with it, you know somebody very close to you that, it, that is yeah. or will be. And so what's your advice? What's your, your advice to someone who is, is maybe, you know, I don't want to tell somebody. I don't want them to think, think badly of me. I don't want them to think less of me because this is what I'm struggling with. Yeah. What's your advice? Yeah, well, as I was looking up the research today, it was kind of just mind-boggling to me. I saw that about 55% of people end up not ever sharing with someone yeah. or seeking professional help. Right. And before we go any further, we're going to be talking about some next steps in a bit. We want to encourage you to make sure that if you are battling with mental illnesses, and I want to repeat this a couple times, if you're battling with anxiety, depression, whatever it might be, seek professional help and spiritual help. It it should not be one or the other. Right. I'm a firm believer that it should be both. Right. It should be both professional help and spiritual help. Wanted to make sure I said that a couple times tonight. And before. there's nothing, and, and and we say this all the time: is there's nothing wrong with getting counseling. Nothing. There, it it, nothing. it is. It actually is a very brave thing to do. It yeah. is the right thing to do. Yeah. You need to have somebody. And, and we come, you know, we get a lot of people come up and say, "Hey, I need to talk to you." I, yeah. And some of this stuff is just beyond our expertise. Absolutely. And you have to go to someone that knows and deals with this stuff and knows what's triggering it, can figure yeah. out what's what, drill down and get you to a point of health. Yeah. Hey, so to your question, um, it was so important for me um, to find somebody in my life that was not my spouse that I could text whenever I needed to and not necessarily even get advice from them because so often when people give advice, they try to fix the situation. (laughs) And that's not what I needed. I just needed someone to affirm who I was rather than trying to fix who I was. And so I have one friend, uh, I have a couple friends, I have a couple friends. This one friend in general, though, um, lives in Pittsburgh, 
And I actually just texted him when we were at Catalyst a week and a half ago. Uh-huh. I just texted him and I said, hey, man, I'm struggling right now with insecurities. Can you just remind me who I am? And within minutes, he texted me a paragraph just encouraging me. Yeah. And it filled me with so much joy. And, yeah, I did have to ask for encouragement. And I have no shame in that. Right. I, With my number one love language being words of affirmation and words of encouragement, I know that I am a person that needs encouragement more than most people. And it's not because people just don't love me. And, you know, that's not why they're not giving it to me as much as I need it. It's just because that's how I receive it most. And so I expect it more. Right. And so it is not wrong for me to initiate that encouragement to say, hey, I know that my friend TD cares a lot about me. Yeah. Would you mind just reminding me? And because he cares about me. He won't feel bad about it at all. It doesn't help you to work around a bunch of people who don't affirm I know. It, our <laughs> office is so affirming. No, but uh, the first step of advice that I would give yeah. is find that one person. And remember, I had to take a step and say, I need encouragement right now. I believe these are lies. Let me ask for encouragement. Right. Or whatever your love language or however you receive affirmation, don't be afraid to ask. And that is what I think, and you hit on this, that is what is so crucial for mental illness is too often we are too afraid to speak out about it. Absolutely. And that is what kills us. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. Absolutely. Uh, There was a pastor that, you know, kind of just wrecked you and I. Yeah. Um, Last month, uh, Jared Wilson or Jared Jared Wilson, Wilson. Mm -hmm. um, associate pastor. Advocate for suicide. He ran a a nonprofit um, for mental illness and suicide prevention. And uh, the day before he ended up killing himself, he did end up killing himself. The day before, he tweeted um, something powerful. He just said, loving Jesus does not necessarily mean that the suicidal thoughts will go away. Right. And you just see someone who is so encouraging, so loving, so happy all the time. And you know that there's something deeper going on. Um, And there's so many of us living like that. Right. Robin Williams, another example, yeah. uh, an individual actor, comedian. Right. And he battled with depression, and, and no one would have known. And it's shocking on the outside. You think, yeah. if I would have known, I could have I helped. But yet yeah. we, in some, in some instances, we own that because we shame people of, yeah. of coming out yeah. and, and saying, hey, I, you know, I'm struggling with this. And, and, yeah. and, and even though we don't intend to, we make them feel less of a person mm-hmm. because this is what they're dealing with. Yeah. When we could actually have helped them. Yeah. And social media definitely doesn't help. No. Uh, that's part of why they think that the millennial generation struggles right. so much with mental illness right. is because social media is just a mental illness bomb, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so there's been times where I've had to fast from social media because I know that part of my insecurities come from how many likes did this get? How many views did this get? What am I worried about? Is it about me? Is it about God? All of these different yeah. things. So as we're trying to help people, you know, uh, for again, for those of us who may be around somebody, yeah. what are some of the things that we should do and shouldn't do? Um, yeah. And just to, when you, when you may think somebody, like right now, I've got a, I've got a friend that I, I have a hunch that he's going through some depression. Yeah. And so, uh, I, and me being my non-confrontational self, I'm, <laughs> I'm struggling. Okay, how do I come alongside this person? So what are some of the do's and don'ts? Yeah. Yeah, I'll give, uh, I'll give two, excuse me, two do's and two don'ts. Okay. Uh, I'll start with one do. Uh, the do that I think is huge, whether you're battling with anxiety, depression, um, or any type of mental illness, thoughts of suicide, bipolar, schizophrenia, some of those more severe ones definitely need more medical attention. Uh, but again, first, 
associated with professional help and spiritual help. For the spiritual help, um, which is something I can speak to uh, that has helped me, it might not work for you. It's worth trying, <laughs> uh, but I definitely believe that it will work. But if it doesn't, then you got don't give up. Right. Figure out what works for you. What has always worked for me with my thoughts of anxiety are uh, when you switch your mindset from things that you're fearful of or sad of or insecure about to things that you're thankful for and, and praising God. For. Yeah, it works every time. Every time. And this is something Jake hit on this last Sunday right. uh, for worship. Yeah. The power of praise cannot go understated. No. There's there's something amazing about it. Now, the hard part about it is when we're dealing with those things, that's the last thing on our mind. <laughs> but if we can make it a habit to praise God in the middle of our panicking, uh, something that just came to mind is imagine what would happen if we spent more time praising than panicking and worshiping than worrying. Like, wow. It could just be powerful. And so I think that goes with your depression, your anxiety, your insecurities, uh, whatever it might be, switching that mindset. That's a do, huge do, no matter what you're doing, that along with seeking professional help. Big don'ts. I want to just share a few of them. Um, if you are walking alongside with somebody, the words you choose, it's as you mentioned, it's almost better to just walk with and not say anything right. than it is to... Well, is this going to be the wrong thing to say? You can never go wrong with encouraging people, um, but you can go wrong with encouraging people to do something, okay? And so what I would strongly recommend is avoid phrases like, just keep your chin up, or have you sinned recently? I've had a friend that is hurt by the church because he has diabetes, and he was told at a young age that it was because he sinned, sinned. that he has diabetes. Um, I'm a v I would like to believe I'm a very strong man of faith. And I still battle with anxiety, and I still lean into God every single day, and I pray, and I read the Bible, and I'm a pastor, and I love Jesus with all my heart, and I still battle it. Just because you love Jesus, it's what J Jared Wilson said, just because you love Jesus does, does not, not mean, mean it goes, it all, goes all this stuff goes away. Now, I will say that when you lean into Jesus, that it makes it easier, and it and it, it does help the fight. Right. But it does not mean it takes it away. So just avoid phrases like, well, have you prayed more? Yes, there is heart behind that, but rather than saying that, how about you say, can I pray with you? Yeah. Like, instead of, again, it's instead of asking people to do something, like, hey, go pray, like, be that person for yeah. somebody. Can I pray with you? Yeah. Can I walk with you? Or, and let them know, you know what, I'm going to support you. I, I, exactly. I'm, I'm going to pray for you. Exactly. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Hey, well, we are out of time tonight, and this We could flu, keep on going. <laughs> we could. I mean, it's so cool. We've got 20 viewers right now. Yeah, here's here's one thing I, I would say, though. It's crazy. If, if there's someone out there um, that is struggling with yeah. something, depression, um, suicidal thoughts, you name it, um, you can reach out to us. You yes. can call call us at the office. You can private message us. You can um, get on our Facebook page and, and let us know. Yeah, right now. Private message us on Facebook. And you don't even have to share any details. Just no. type the word struggling. Yeah. One word. And, and, and message, if you want us to struggling. reach out, you want somebody there to help, you know, we can help you get into the right location. We, yeah. we can talk with you. We want to be there. Don't do this on your own. Yeah. There, again, one in two people struggle with mental illness. You do not have to feel 
alone. No. I want to give you permission to speak out right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Um, and I want to give you permission to struggle. Like, this is a battle. This is a struggle. Too often we try to hold it all in. So, yeah, I'm so thankful that you said that at the end. Um, I believe our number, it's 637-900? Leave a voicemail. Just say, hey, here's my number. Reach out to us. Private message us now. Um, email us at office at uh, office at, at crossbridgecommunity.org. I'm trying to get all this <laughs> off the top of my head, but we care so much about walking with you. Um, and regardless of where you are, even if you just need a safe place to talk, that's what we're here for. Absolutely. So, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Brad. Thank you for letting us. Absolutely. Uh, not letting us, but mm-hmm. joining in on the conversation. And uh, thank you all so much for letting us just talk to you about something that is a touchy subject. We hope that you have some insight um, to take with you.